Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Thursday, the 1st of April. It's D-Day today for Queenslanders, with the Premier set to confirm whether the three-day COVID lockdown will end tonight for Greater Brisbane. There was positive news yesterday with just two new locally acquired cases in Queensland, both linked to the Princess Alexandra Hospital nurse cluster, which now stands at 11. But Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk has not ruled out extending the lockdown if case numbers jump. So if we see very good testing rates across Queensland and we don't see any unlinked community transmission, the signs for Easter are looking positive. The snap lockdown has hit the struggling tourism industry very hard, with businesses losing billions of dollars in the lead-up to the busy Easter long weekend. And we'll hear more details from our reporter in Brisbane shortly. Meantime, New South Wales is on high alert as the Queensland cluster spreads into the state. One new case of community transmission was recorded yesterday in New South Wales. The infected man, aged in his 20s, was at the Byron Beach Hotel and sat near a group of Queenslanders on a hen's trip who were unknowingly infectious. Authorities have now stepped up COVID restrictions across a number of regions in northern New South Wales, including Byron, Ballina, Tweed and Lismore Shires, with the return of the four-square-metre rule for businesses and masks indoors. New South Wales Health has also cancelled this weekend's Blues Fest in Byron over fears it could become a super-spreader event, with 15,000 people set to attend the five-day festival. Premier Gladys Berejiklian urging people not to travel to the affected regions this Easter. So we ask everybody who was attending those uh, th- those local government areas to reconsider their plans, although, again, we're not saying it's compulsory not to go. Uh, but certainly uh, we want everybody to be on high alert. There are renewed calls this morning for a complete overhaul of the federal government's vaccination program after a war of words exploded between the states and the Morrison government over who's to blame for the botched rollout. New South Wales and Queensland hit back over allegations the states have been stockpiling vaccines. Both health ministers say the claims are outrageous and the federal government is not being transparent. Here's Queensland's Stephen Miles. What we've seen throughout this entire pandemic is every time the Morrison government wants to deflect from their failings, they launch an attack on the states and territories. It's been revealed the federal program is more than three million jabs behind schedule at this stage as calls grow for state governments to take control of the program and set up mass vaccination hubs and engage more GPs to help administer the COVID vaccines. Meantime, groundbreaking Australian research has revealed the serious long-term health impacts COVID patients are suffering. The study from Sydney St Vincent's Hospital has found one in three COVID-19 patients are still battling debilitating symptoms eight months after being infected. The researchers also finding the young and healthy were just as at risk from long-term problems as the elderly and sick. Professor Gail Matthews, who worked on the study, says the findings are concerning. So they got over the initial infection, but at two to three months, they were still complaining of of symptoms, um, predominantly fatigue, shortness of breath, chest pain. Um, Those were the predominant symptoms. And what we find when we look at this group of, of patients at eight months is that they're still not fully recovered. So that's a little bit surprising to us and obviously a little bit concerning in terms of when this group of individuals are going to get back to full health. 
And in breaking news overseas this morning, France is going back into a hard lockdown as COVID cases soar. The French president has just announced schools will also be shut down and all domestic travel banned for at least the next three weeks. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Thursday morning and we start in Queensland and as we reported earlier, millions of residents across Greater Brisbane will learn today if the three-day snap lockdown will be lifted. But as David Shiraz reports from Brisbane, there's new speculation the restrictions could be extended over Easter. Good morning, Tash. Well, it all started with four community-acquired cases of coronavirus. The Queensland Premier issuing stay-at-home orders for Greater Brisbane for three days, orders which are due to end today. After concerning numbers, authorities are hopeful they've contained the spread of the virus. Only two new cases of community transmission yesterday. One of them was a nurse at the Princess Alexandra Hospital, the other their housemate. While many are hopeful to an end to lockdown, the state government's website is hinting at an extension. It was updated last night regarding GP referral info, stating the lockdown would run until Tuesday, April 6. Easter was due to be the first holiday without border restrictions since the pandemic began. But as it stands, South Australia, Victoria, WA and Tasmania have shut their borders to anyone in the greater Brisbane region. In Victoria, despite last year's very tough lockdown with hundreds of COVID cases every day, this Easter it's a very different story. While infection rates in Victoria have disappeared for the moment, authorities are warning the danger is not over and have launched a new blitz to ensure local businesses are COVID safe. Our reporter James Lake has the latest from Melbourne. That's right, Tash. We love a safety blitz in Victoria and that's what's happening over the next three weeks. Authorised officers will be doing spot checks on almost 4,000 supermarkets, cafes and restaurants to crack down on overcrowding and those who are flouting QR check-in rules. The checks will also take place on warehouses and distribution centres and also commercial cleaning services to make sure they are following the COVID-safe rules. Health authorities have stressed the activity is all about making sure businesses are properly educated rather than penalised, but they will be followed up if they're caught doing the wrong thing. Massive fines of $1,652 for individuals and $9,913 for businesses will be a last resort for offenders who don't fall into line. Meantime, in New South Wales, double demerits are now in force as thousands hit the road for the Easter long weekend and school holidays. Our reporter Siobhan Caulfield has more from Sydney. Yeah, Tash, drivers are being urged to play it safe on the roads this Easter long weekend with double demerits now in force. Police will be out targeting offences like speeding, not wearing a seatbelt and, of course, using our phone behind the wheel. Almost half of all fatalities on our roads last year involved excessive speeding and motorists are being told to slow down and plan trips ahead of time. Meanwhile, a reminder for the Deso driver not to get too carried away with the Easter festivities. Laura Bajerni from the Alcohol and Drug Foundation says if you do intend to drive, the safest option is to say no to booze. Avoid things like letting other people top up your glass um, or getting involved in rounds because it means that it can be hard to keep track of how much you've had. And know that the only way to remove alcohol from your system is to give yourself time. Showers, coffee, fresh air, none of those actually affect your blood alcohol concentration. To WA and keeping the roads fatality free will be the main aim for police this Easter long weekend. Our reporter Emma Griffiths has the details from Perth. 
Tash, WA police say this Easter will be like no other. A large number of holidaymakers are expected to move around the state as tens of thousands of West Aussies have returned home from overseas due to COVID. That's a worry for police as some may drive in unfamiliar areas. The road blitz started overnight and double demerits now apply. Assistant Commissioner Paul Zanetti wants everyone to return home safely. What we really wanted is to get through this period without any fatalities. Um, we haven't had that for the last five um, years at Easter time. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Peter Switzer from switzerreport.com.au. Peter, good morning. The good economic news continues with building approvals going through the roof. Yeah, this couldn't come at a bit of time with the house price boom not only caused by historically low interest rates, but by a lack of supply of properties. So it's great news that in February, total building approvals skyrocketed by 21.6% against an economist survey of only 3%. That means approvals are up a very strong 20.1% over the year to February. House approvals rose by 13.7% in February, but a whopping 57.9% over the year. Unit building approvals rose by 48.9% in February, but are down 26.3% for the year and have been out of favour since 2017 when stories of construction problems spook potential apartment buyers and the coronavirus has made houses rather than apartments even more popular. Because we're all at home more. Also overseas this morning, Peter, US President Joe Biden is on a $2 trillion spending spree to try to cancel out the negatives of the coronavirus crisis and the stock market. Gosh, it love that. They sure did. US stocks rose on Wednesday, led by technology shares for the first time in a while, as investors weighed up and liked the potential impact from President Joe Biden's infrastructure spending plan. President Biden will unveil a $2 trillion plus package in infrastructure spending that will help boost the US economic growth rate and create millions of jobs. The only catch is it's expected that the company tax rate will go up to 28% from 21%. And big U.S. companies will be discouraged from taking their profits overseas to enjoy lower tax rates. Despite this, big tech companies such as Apple and Microsoft were up strongly on the news. And Peter, many people, especially a lot of experts, have been very concerned about serious economic troubles ahead with the coronavirus crisis. But there's some Mm. interesting forecasts out from the World Trade Organization. Yep, they're really positive. With global trade tipped to rebound and an expectedly strong 8% this year, the World Trade Organization predicts, but only if the worldwide COVID-19 vaccination program maintains its pace, extends its reach, and is not derailed by new variants. Economic stimulus from governments and central banks have helped trade flows to run ahead of pandemic battered economies, the WTO said. And there's another bonus because many countries now felt restraint from throwing up new trade barriers. However, the AFR reported that the WTO said the opportunity provided by vaccine rollouts to restore global economic growth and trade flows could easily be squandered if vaccines were not widely distributed to as many countries as possible. Interesting months ahead, Peter. Happy Easter. Thank you. Cheers. 
Time to sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett. The Gold Coast settling into life in Sydney as the NRL reshuffles the fixture to try and deal with the Brisbane COVID cluster. Yes, good morning, Tash. That's right. The Titans arriving yesterday afternoon in Sydney, escaping Queensland as a precaution to keep the season going. Let's hear from their chief, Steve Mitchell, who says a quick decision had to be made. Yeah, I think uh, to a degree we've been through it before. You know, they've... Um, they went through a whole year of it last year, so they're nimble and their ability to to, um, to adjust and get down. Given that it's a it's basically a short turnaround, a short stage, just to make sure that we navigate this this period of time. They they're positive. Now, as you said, the uh, fixture has been reshuffled. Not just the Titans affected, but also the Cowboys. They will both play a double header at Jubilee Stadium in uh, Cogra this weekend. North Queensland to face the Sharks first. Now that was meant to be played on the Sunshine Coast. Then the Gold Coast are up against uh, the Raiders in the later match. Uh, meanwhile, the Victorian government has granted the Broncos exemption to travel into Melbourne for tomorrow. A good Friday night's clash uh, with the Storm. So that will still go ahead in Melbourne, of course. The Broncos are moving to Sydney on Tuesday. And Brett, the Lions are calling for better treatment for their bruised and battered midfielder, Lockie Neal. Yes, he certainly is a bit bruised and battered after the treatment he copped from uh, the Cats last week. They really worked him over physically. Gary Rowan uh, copping a two-week ban for striking the Brownlow medalist. Obviously, you must be a good player when you're copping that sort of treatment, but it certainly has affected him. Only trained lightly this week. There is some concern over his fitness. They're due to play the Magpies in that uh, rescheduled match at uh, Marvel Stadium tonight. While uh, Brisbane's coach, Chris Fagan, has questioned some of the, the tactics the Cats were using in hopes that the Magpies don't... Don't take the same approach if Lockie Neal plays tonight. Lockie was blocked well and truly away from, from the contest. I think the rules say five metres. No problems with them being tagged. Just make sure the, the tactics are legal. Now, they have lost Oscar McInerney to an ankle injury uh, tonight. Their ruck stocks are very thin at the moment. Steph Martin going to the Bulldogs in the off-season. Archie Smith, their only other recognised ruckman on the list, has an Achilles injury, so he can't play. Connor Ballenden, who was recruited as a key forward, will play in the ruck uh, along with Tom Fullerton, who's an NBL basketball convert. In terms of the Magpies, Jamie Elliott out uh, with a broken leg for a while, so Chris Main, the veteran, comes in for that tonight. Uh, that match kicking off at Marvel Stadium. Of course, it was due to be played at the Gabba, but a big one for the Lions especially. They are yet to win a game this season. And also, Brett, he's got a pretty famous and talented dad, Tim Zhu. He was an absolute force in the ring last night in Newcastle. Yeah, he was. And a city where his father, Kostya, fought a, a number of times. It was the Steel City showdown last night against Dennis Hogan. Dennis Hogan, who hadn't fought for 15 months, but his last two fights were for world titles and uh, certainly looked like it was going to be a competitive fight. Tim Zhu copping an accidental head clash in the second round, which brought out some blood, a cut to his eye. But he managed to fight through all of that. And it was a, an incredible performance last night, dismantling Hogan in five rounds. Uh, a number of big shots, including an uppercut in the fifth round and that was enough for Dennis Hogan's corner they threw in the towel and Zoo told uh, main event this uh, performance shows that he is ready for the world stage look the caliber of my opponent Dennis Hogan two-time world title challenger and to get him out in quicker than Charlo it's a, not a bad achievement yeah Charlo there who he referenced is uh, one of the belt holders in the super welterweight division that Tim would like to fight uh, in the future Brian Castano holds another belt in that division as well Liam Smith is a former champion who he could fight uh, as a, a bridging fight, I guess, uh, from England because it's so difficult to organise these international fights at the moment with the COVID situation. 18-0, Tim Zhu. Um, he's looking really good and getting stronger physically and mentally, Tash, with every fight. Certainly a rising star for the future. Brett, thanks so much. Thanks, Tash.
Checking the weather details around the country this Thursday morning as we head into the Easter long weekend. Brisbane, a shower or two on the way, top of 25. Possible shower for Sydney, 24. Mostly sunny for Melbourne, 27. Sunny and 25 for Canberra. Partly cloudy conditions today for Hobart, top of 27. A beautiful day on the way today for Adelaide, sunny and 31. Cloud clearing and a warm 35 for Perth today and a possible shower or storm and 33 for Darwin. And Joe Biden's pooch is in the doghouse again. The White House has revealed the president's dog, Major, has been involved in a second biting incident. The German shepherd nips someone while on a walk, with a spokesperson saying the three-year-old rescue dog is still adjusting to his new surroundings since moving into the big new home earlier this year. Major had just returned to the White House last week after previously biting a member of the Secret Service, causing only minor injuries. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a happy and safe Easter. And we look forward to seeing you when we return on Tuesday. Listener.